Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Running, 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 and Welcome everybody, I'm your host Roz here at the opening line on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? If so, it's time to get started. Let's go. What's up, what's up, everybody? This is the opening line with your hosts, Wits and Roz. We had an earlier episode this week. Thank you to Derek Henry from MTV coming on the show. It was an awesome episode. I had a great time talking about his collegiate career as well as some of the MTV stuff that we had going on and he has going on currently. But Wits, me and you, we're back online. We've got the Final Four. I held off from giving my picks on that show. I wanted to be here to do that. Uh, Very excited. Uh, We lost a lot of money, or I specifically lost a lot of money last weekend in the Elite Eight and Sweet 16. But I know that you're looking to find the positives here and seeing some dollar values in these upcoming games. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad to be back on the show. I don't know if I'm as uh, as cool as a D1 basketball player. I don't know if that D3 relief pitcher uh, really floats the boat, but I'm back. We uh, we got some good picks for you tonight. Had a very interesting Elite Eight weekend, uh, a lot of ups and a lot of downs. Um, but, Roz, I know we both were riding on Virginia Minus five, minus four and a half in what turned out to be maybe the greatest cover of our lifetimes. Uh, what an unbelievable game. Virginia versus Purdue. Um, down two points on the free throw line. Missed shot. I mean, the probability of winning that game for Virginia had to be less than 1%. But not only did they win, um, tie the game, cover in overtime on two last second free throws. It was Probably the most exciting moment of the tournament for me, but there was a lot of heartbreak on Sunday. Um, Kentucky and Duke going down, and we definitely we yeah, definitely Roz, it was saw inter- blue. interesting. But you know, when they say you see red, we definitely saw blue the morning we woke up, and I was like, you know what, blue bloods, we saw, they deserve saw this. Blue. Yeah, and blue's blue, man. You just had a we, blue we Sunday. Blue and, uh, yeah, we were seeing blue in uh, the Gonzaga game too, but. I got to give a lot of credit to Texas Tech, Roz. I mean, they they came out to play and stayed in the game the entire time, and I was waiting for Gonzaga to really go on a run in the second half, and it never happened. And uh, I'm, I'm very disappointed because, you know, I wanted them to cover the spread, of course, but, you know, I, I think Gonzaga was the most complete team in college basketball, and they really folded down the stretch here. And I give credit to Texas Tech. They're a feisty team. Um we talked before the tournament saying, you know, free throws and defense, two major keys in the NCAA tournament because, you know, when you get down to those close games, can you make the free throws? Can you defend? And Texas Tech, you know, being, I think, the second best, you know, 
overall team in terms of defense, defensive efficiency in the nation. Um, they really took it to Gonzaga, and this is very exciting because this is their first trip to the Final Four, um, so it should be a really good matchup. Right. But Roz, uh, you know, what did you see in that game? Um, I, know, I know you both had the Bulldogs, and it was it was tough to watch, but they, they really folded down the stretch for me, and I'm disappointed because I thought they had a really good shot to win it all, um, especially playing against the three-seed in their region. Big folds, basically, is what we're taking away from this this tournament, is just the constantness of teams taking these leads and then blowing them, and us being on the other side of these bets. Although, this Gonzaga one was absolutely interesting, because for me, it was a, it was a lazy Saturday. I had gone out on the Friday before, and got through the first half, not super confident, but confident enough that they were holding up with Texas Tech. We obviously saw what Texas Tech was able to do to Michigan in the game before. Took the nap, wake up, game is over. I'm seeing that Texas Tech has completely covered the game. Finishing the game all the way through, holding Gonzaga without a lead for the majority of the second half. And I was astonished. I had to text you. I had to text Rube. It was painful to watch because it was the start of the downward trajectory, the downward spiral that would come with the rest of the weekend. Um, I don't know. Gonzaga was a sexy pick for me. I thought they got the matchups they wanted throughout the way. I think I've underestimated this Texas Tech's defense. But at the end of the day, it's it. It is what it is. Gonzaga, to me, is another mid-major school that has its flaws. I understand they've been a number one and in this position a lot, but I just feel they run into some element they don't see during the course of the season, and that's their that's their Achilles heel, and it takes them out. But the games that hurt were the uh, Duke and Kentucky. But before we get into the Duke and Kentucky, you mentioned the great cover in in the team game that was Virginia. I know there was a big turnover for us at the end. The free throws were clutch and key. But we're introducing a new segment to this show. I know me and you talked about this. It's not going to be every week. We kind of want fan response for this. We're going to give you our hero. It's going to be the same guy. But we're doing sports spread heroes. Guys that come into the game and are super clutch. And at the end, not only for their team, but for Whitson Ross are able to help cover the spread. I know Kentucky did lose to Auburn, a game that I don't think they should have lost, and we'll cover that. But their games before against Wofford, their games against Houston, if it weren't for Tyler Hero, we would have been without some money. And I, we have to give the props where props are due. You can't spell Hero without Tyler. So uh, he is our first inaugural sports spread hero. Uh, and I'll let you take it away if you have anything else you'd like to say about him. Yeah, Tyler Hero. I mean, I remember a couple weeks back, super exciting game against Wofford. Um, and really nothing better than the game coming down to the line and a guy's on the free throw line needs to make both to cover the spread. I mean, really one of the most exciting things in sports for me because it's one thing to win a game straight up, but obviously when you're betting with the spread, there's a couple other factors in play. Um, so Tyler Hero, that was an awesome effort by him. And then... You know, in the game against Houston, you know, we thought we were going to need overtime to cover that game, and Tyler Hero hits a huge three-pointer at the end. Um, so, yeah, very exciting. And then, obviously, that Virginia game, Diakite with one of the one of the cooler shots I've ever seen. Amazing that he got that pass. Um, I forgot who passed him the ball, but I thought for sure he was going to chuck up a half-court shot. So, you know, 
props to Virginia for coming back and, and winning that game. And I think we got to give a lot of love to Carson Edwards, though. I mean, that guy, I think, has got to be, for me, the MVP um, of the tournament right now. I mean, I realize Purdue got knocked out, but there was nobody who meant more to their team than Carson Edwards and dropping 42 points when his team only scored 75. Um, an unbelievable effort by him, you know, broke the all-time three-point tournament record. Um, a great effort by him and Purdue, which was a team before the tournament started that I thought would make a run, and they, they did exactly that. Uh, matched up with Virginia, who's a very solid basketball team, and they were they were this close to advancing to the Final Four, and they just couldn't get it done. Um, so Carson Edwards had a great tournament. And then, Roz, I know you mentioned it was a, it was a very dark Sunday for both of us because we were seeing blue and scoreboard just did not turn out in our favor. And, you know, more than being disappointed in, in the Duke Blue Devils, you know, which after the last two games they've played, kind of come to realize as great, you know, as great as R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson are, very disappointed with the effort by Coach K in this tournament. Um, you know, I thought with all the talent that he had, I thought it was a pretty subpar coaching job by him um, and a great coaching job by Tom Izzo in Michigan State in this one. But I really want to talk about this Kentucky game because um, after a 35-30 lead after the first half was over, I was I was feeling pretty, pretty solid about this one because Kentucky, I mean, Auburn has had a great run, but I thought Kentucky was clearly the better team. Um, but Bryce Brown, Jared Harper turned it up a notch in the second half and we got what we wanted with the overtime. Cause it didn't look like we were going to cover that spread. Um, but Auburn, they really turned down the jets and Jared Harper was unbelievable down the stretch, ended up with 26 points. Um, and as good as PJ Washington was in this one, you know, with 28 points, 13 rebounds, just wasn't enough. Uh, you know, I thought Hagen's played very poorly down the stretch for Kentucky, and that really hurt him, you know, with the turnovers and just kind of the overall lack of decision-making uh, with a disappointing effort by a team that I had picked to win the national championship. So my my March Madness came to an abrupt halt after that Kentucky game and Auburn and Bruce Pearl in, you know, I think one of the more surprising efforts of the tournament had advanced to the Final Four, and it almost was over, if you remember, on the first day against New Mexico State. I mean, they were one open, wide open three-pointer away from not moving on to the second round. But, Roz, this Kentucky team, kind of a similar effort to Gonzaga for me. I mean, they they looked like they had everything they needed to win this game and just needed to weather the storm, and they couldn't do it. Um, they really played poorly down the stretch, and they kept Auburn in the game. You know, a team that's been really feisty all year ended up winning the SEC, and they came out on top, and it left a lot of people like you and I disappointed that not only could they not win the game straight up, but, you know, obviously they didn't cover then either. Um, so that Auburn, sets up. Auburn's just been in a horrible storm the entire way through. And I don't know if I just lack respect for them entirely. It's definitely not for Bruce Pearl. But I've bet against them all along the way and have just been absolutely wrong all along the way. Um, it's it's killing me. Hitting my bank pretty good. But uh, this Kentucky team, it's just... The teams we've watched lose and been criticizing is they start well, have a good game plan, have the inability to adjust. And they just gave a lifetime deal to John Calipari, but he was unable to adjust to what we were witnessing in that second half against Auburn. And Auburn, if you give them the shots, they're going to hit them. And as 
much as I want to say shooting streaks will come to an end and you can't stay hot for that long, this Kentucky team absolutely can. Or not Kentucky, this Auburn team absolutely can. And from Bryce Brown to Roman Harper, I don't even know his first name. I just said somebody from the Chicago Bulls way back in the day. But Harper, Brown, they literally just dictate the perimeter. They have, what is his name, Purifoy, who is so pure, it is unbelievable. This Auburn team likes to stroke it, and they showed it in the second half against Kentucky. Once again, shooting over 60% from three in the second half. How do you not set up a better perimeter D? Kentucky, you didn't deserve to win after that second half performance, just like the rest of my teams. Duke didn't deserve to win that game. They fought hard, but they played way too many close games and are not a good enough shooting team to win those close games. And then Gonzaga... Texas Tech just got the better of you again in the second half. So those three teams all hurt my bracket. Clearly it's done. But uh, that's just my final wrap on those three games. I know the Virginia one was exciting, and we both have a lot to say about the fact that Virginia was a huge backdoor cover. But uh, it, it was uh, that's pretty much all I got away from this past weekend. Yeah, like you said, dark Sunday. Um, and, Roz, I want to talk about you know the final sequence from Duke was really, really kind of confused by what they were trying to do with the ball. You know, down two with 25 seconds left, I really didn't like the play call. Um, you know, first of all, they're not a very good shooting team, so you had to figure that either R.J. Barrett or Zion Williamson was going to take it to the rack. And my, from my point of view, you know, why not try to get, why not try to get to the hoop earlier? You know, rather than waiting to the last three seconds, um, because it is good. I mean, I think what really separates RJ and Zion, you know, apart from the fact that they're super athletic, is their ability to get the ball to the hoop um, and do it with authority. Um, but, you know, RJ Barrett, give him a lot of credit for taking it to the rack, but first of all, he's not a very good shooter, not a very good free throw shooter. Um, and, you know, kind of put them, put themselves in that position that they were, you know, needed two free throws from him with, you know, five seconds left in the game, which, I mean, you know, not a bad position to be in, but I just I just don't understand why they didn't take it, why they didn't drive it earlier. Uh, maybe try to tie the game up and then, you know, put the onus back on Michigan State. But he ended up missing that first free throw, and he tried to miss the second one, and <laughs> didn't end up working out. Um, but yeah, this was just, you know, for as good as Duke was this year, and as much as much hype as they got, not very impressive overall by their performance, and especially by Coach K. I just thought Duke didn't really do much of anything in this tournament besides rely on their their best players to just kind of take the ball whenever they wanted. I thought with a with a better coaching effort, I think this Duke team could have cruised past a lot of these teams and played a much better game against Michigan State. But they let them hang around. Tom Mizzo, one of the most experienced coaches, you know, in college basketball. Cassius Winston, um, Xavier Tillman had a great game and knocked down a big shot at the end there. And you know. Duke, I think they just left a lot on the table, disappointed a lot of people in a lot of brackets. And like I said, I really didn't like that last that last sequence of plays that they ran. And, you know, it came down the free throws. They couldn't make them at the end there with R.J. Barrett. So I think this was a disappointing tournament for Duke. I know they made it to the Elite Eight, but I think they had a lot higher aspirations. But now we're stuck with these four teams. we got Michigan State, Texas Tech, and Virginia versus Auburn. Um so I think right now I've, I've got to put my money on Virginia to win it all as a favorite, but I'm I'm really interested in this Texas Tech-Michigan State game, Roz, because features 
I think a very experienced, very solid Michigan State team versus a Texas Tech team led by Matt Mooney, um, who went to school around by us and transferred from North Dakota or South Dakota. Um, I think this will be a very hard-fought game, and I don't know who you have in this one, but I, I think this is going to come down to the wire again. Yeah, I mean, Texas Tech and Auburn have been the teams of destiny and the teams I've been betting against the entire way. I think that's going to continue, and that's only because I think Michigan State just saw the toughest opponent it could possibly have in Zion Williamson, regardless of how they've played. I don't think Texas Tech has seen an inside like Michigan State, and I said that inside wasn't going to be good enough for Zion. It's going to be good enough for this Texas Tech team Two and a half right now. It's slinking down a little bit. Started at three. I like the money there. I'm going to take Michigan State minus two and a half here uh, to advance to another NCAA Finals for Tom Izzo, who hasn't been there in a while. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, but Michigan State's always that team. I feel like no matter where they're seated in the tournament, I feel like they always have a chance. And they were, you know, catching a lot of flack early in the tournament that they got kind of screwed with their bracket placement, you know, being winning the big 10 and then being in the number one overall seeded region uh, with Duke. Uh, but here they are, they made it out. They're alive. And this is a very, very tough call for me, but I'm going to kind of stick with the theme. I'm going to go with the underdog. Um, I'm going to take Texas tech. You know, I think they got a lot of good things going for them right now. And I love, love the defense. I think it's going to be a, a very hard fought game. I really do like Michigan state. I think they've, They've got a great team, but, you know, I thought I had a similar thought about the Gonzaga game. I thought they would kind of walk all over Texas Tech, and that just didn't happen. So I, I see a, another tough matchup here. So I'm going to take the points in Texas Tech, um, which would be even more of a great story if they were able to make it to the championship. Um, but obviously when your, your championship teams are out in your bracket, it makes it a little bit tougher to cheer on these games, and I'll still be watching. Um, so we're on the opposite side of this one, and then, we go to the Virginia-Auburn game, and like you said, Auburn has kind of been our kryptonite. Um, I think Oregon was the team for us that they did their job. They covered three games, got knocked out at the exact right time in Auburn. Um, we keep betting against them, and they keep, you know, they just keep winning. So a lot, a lot of problems for uh, Wits and Roz's checkbook there. But, Roz, we got five-and-a-half-point spread in this one, and I think, I think Virginia is a better basketball team, but... You know, like we said, it doesn't really matter anymore. Um, Auburn has beaten, or excuse me, North Carolina, Kansas, and Kentucky, only the second team ever to do that in an NCAA tournament. So they face this Virginia team who the whole year has controlled the pace of the game better than any other team in college basketball um, against a pretty high-flying Auburn team. So we'll see how this game goes, but... I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to switch here, and I'm gonna take Auburn plus the points five and a half. Um, I think Virginia is a better team, but I think Auburn is going to keep it close, and they they've got a, a lot of great players, but specifically Jared Harper, Bryce Brown. Um, they can definitely stroke it, and Jared Harper getting to the rack. I mean, one thing Kentucky just couldn't stop was those right-handed layups, which were just pieces of cake for them. So I think this is going to be another great game, but I'm going to take Auburn plus the five-and-a-half here um, in what should be another awesome Final Four matchup. God, I was just hoping that you would be able to like sway me in one direction. The five and a half is such an Auburn favorite bet because it's been that way the entire tournament. They've been plus five and a half, plus four and a half, plus six. It's just enough for the winners. 
I think free throws, they play such a big role in that. But at the end of the day, I just, this Auburn team keeps scoring and it's unbelievable. Uh, for me, I can't go with Auburn because I I'm loyal to my to my vengeance against them. I think Virginia is the better team. It's a team that's going to handle their business, um, and they're just they're more locked down on perimeter with Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy. I just think at the end of the day, this Auburn team can't shoot sixty three percent from three in both halves. It's just ridiculous. They're going to be able to stop them. It's a slower pace. Auburn hasn't seen that in this tournament. They got to run with both Kentucky and UNC. Give me Virginia minus five and a half. I don't love it. I don't like it even, but I'm over it. Auburn's got to go down. I'm going Virginia minus five and a half. I'm taking both favorites. I'm done with the underdogs. Let's get the best possible matchup, and that would be Michigan State versus Virginia, you heard it here first. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, it should be uh, should be real interesting. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of busted brackets out there. You know, if you had Texas Tech in your Final Four, if you had Virginia going all the way, you're still in pretty good shape. But you know, I, I think a lot a lot of the big favorites out there: UNC, Duke, um, a couple people with Kentucky. Um, you know, they're they're all they're all gone by the wayside. So if you got MSU, you still got a shot. So it should be a very interesting Final Four, which leads us up to that championship game Monday. Um, so, Roz, who, who do you think takes home the crown in this year's March Madness tournament? Uh, for me, I think it's going to be Virginia, just in spite of me, because I picked against them um, in this year's tournament, a year where I've been boasting about their talent and all the potential to win the national title. But I, I think ultimately, at the end of the day, it's going to be this Virginia team there honestly playing this this story after losing to a 16 seed, being the first one seed to ever do it, giving us all a little bit of a scare when it came to this year's tournament. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go Virginia here, and uh, I'm excited to see whoever wins this tournament. They're all great stories at this point. And, uh, yeah, it's been a fun tournament. It's been a heartbreaking tournament. It's been one that lagged on a little bit longer, letting me or leading me to believe I had a chance to win the bracket pool. But that it wasn't so. Uh, but Virginia, they will be my new champions, as I only have to pick from four teams. <laughs> yeah, it definitely makes it a little easier. I'm also going to go with Virginia here, Roz. You know, I'm really not sure where this Texas Tech-Michigan State game is going to end up. I know I've got Texas Tech plus the points, but I could see this being a one- or two-point game. But I like Virginia. I think they're the best team left in the field. And like you said, what a great story it would be. They could come back the year after losing to a 16 seed and then also being down, I think it was 14 points in the first round this year to a 16 seed team. Um, so it'll it'll be a great weekend no matter what. It's always fun. I mean, college, this is what I think makes college sports so special. Um, you get some guys who aren't going to go to the next level, and this is some of the last basketball you know on this high of a stage that they're ever going to play. So I, th- I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, a lot of memories and you know we, we, didn't, we didn't pick the winner to begin with but we at least made it out of the first couple weekends um, it's no fun when your team gets knocked out you know the opening weekend so you know it was a great tournament um, but we got a lot, a lot of exciting sports going on um, Major League Baseball is in full force so we're going to get into that pretty soon and then before you know it we'll be full swing in the NFL 
and it'll be a great summer. But I think this is a great start to the sports season, um, which is the real start of the sports season in my eyes. Uh, we got a lot of great golf this summer as well, so we're going to have a couple people on the show um, breaking down some of the majors for this summer. And Yeah, we got the Masters next week. I'm super excited I'm super for that. Excited. And uh, I believe that Jared, one of our – if you guys are new listeners to the show, Jared Rubin is our, uh, our biggest fan. That's the title we give him. Uh, he's going to be on to talk most of the majors with us and everything, so we're excited to have him back and on for the first time ever on the opening line. But we'll get you all your masters. Obviously, Xander or Wits and I are in these pools, and we're going to be able to help you in your pools or your daily fantasy when you're looking to pick them up. Uh, like you said, we're going to get into baseball very shortly. But Wits, one of the last segments I wanted to bring up, again, and not a weekly segment, but one that if we get stories, I'm excited to read them on this because everyone has – a great casino story. I know me and you have a couple. I mean, we've been to the casino together. We've been to the casino apart. And in summary, I'm going to go first real quick. I have two. High, I have a high and a low. It's literally the perfect story bridge. And it starts with my first ever casino trip. Sitting at the blackjack table, the best game you could play to me at a casino. I know you're a poker guy. Uh, sitting there, sitting there with a buddy. We've got a full table going on. It's cold, ice cold. I'm down to potentially $15. I opened up with 400. I come out with a 1400 plus day all in one run, which I find to be one of the most statistically difficult things to do. I did not lose on a stretch to put me up $1,400 on the day. And that only took me about 30 minutes. But Wits, I know you know this and Rue brought this back up. We took a trip to Potawatomi Casino, and it only took me 30 seconds to lose $400 as I doubled down two straight from the ATM bets, lost $400, ending my Potawatomi night. Yeah, I do remember that, unfortunately. Um, I think one of my best stories was uh, my first time in Vegas, sitting at the craps table for about an hour. Um, had no idea how to play. I'd seen it a lot, and then... It was my mom, my dad, and myself, all three of us sitting at the table, standing, actually. Um, my dad and I ended up having two separate 45-minute rolls apiece my first time. Ended up taking home three grand as a family, so that was pretty fun. Um, can't say I've been anywhere near as successful in crap since then, but one day there will be another big run uh, with wits at the table. Um, so that that's my big story. I've got a couple more, so I, I won't share them all today. Um, but yeah, we got a lot of great stories and a, a lot more to come because um, we're we're still young guys. We got a lot more Vegas trips in us, so yeah, we'll definitely get to some of those stories as uh, as time goes on. Right, and we're gonna want your stories as well, so you know where to find us. Download us, subscribe us, iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker. Find us on social media. I'm at Ethan Rose Four. He's at Xander Horowitz. Uh, so you can reach out to us. Mostly Instagram is the best platform. Facebook works as well. We're still working on getting the name changed. Me and Facebook have been in an epic dispute, so we'll try to get that figured out shortly. You've had a lot of us this week. The opening line dropping you a special guest. The open line bringing you your finals preview for March Madness. Wits, we're exhausted. It's been uh, it's been one hell of a week on a bunch of different workforces. And uh, we're excited to get you Masters material next week and kind of change up the theme of our show since March Madness will officially have come to an end by the time you hear from us next. Any parting words for these listeners this week, Xander? Uh, just enjoy the Final Four. 
only comes once a year. And then, uh, yeah, have a great weekend. Um, should be a lot of fun. And then we'll, we'll be right back here next week. Uh, start picking some baseball games for you. And, yeah, well, we're going to get after it. So it, it should be a fun, fun time, fun season. Absolutely. Season is coming to the NBA height. It's coming to the middle of Major League Baseball. And definitely getting you some majors golf. Like Xander likes to say, just keep the line moving here at the opening line. We'll be back next week, everybody. Thank you so much for giving us your time, listening to us, and riding with us. I'm just trying to think of some other adjective. We ran out of them, just like we ran out of time. Have a great night, everybody. Adios. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.